I have not seen a 24 hours in which Bulls fans have been completely up in arms about a trade that happened years ago, the trade that sent Jimmy Butler away. And after seeing Jimmy Butler's 56-point game, Bulls fans are just, they're having a go at it. We're going to talk about that, kind of the response around that. We're also going to ask if the Bulls can get lucky and get a draft pick in this upcoming season and what that could mean for their offseason plans. We're going to continue our player evaluations today with Andre Drummond. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So, hey, welcome to the show. Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. If you want to follow me, you can do so at CEO Hayes. If you want to follow the show, you can do so at Shy Bears. Uh, Shy Bears. You can do so at Bulls Central Pod. But let's get into it for today. So, first up, Jimmy Butler has sent Bulls Nation into such a tizzy. And I I tell you what, I have enjoyed seeing it. I have never seen so many Bulls fans and con- Bulls content creators get into arguments on social media about Jimmy Butler, whether he wanted to be here in Chicago, wanted to not be here in Chicago. And it's just like, maybe it's just me, right? I live in a world in which I really don't, at, at, at some point, I just come to terms with things. Jimmy Butler was gone. He was traded away. And, and yeah, I look at it and, and I realize, like, the fact that Gar Pax at that time just said they they didn't basically they didn't know how to build a team around Jimmy, so they sent him off. Keep in mind, they almost traded him straight up the year prior to that for Chris Dunn, just flat out. And they end up getting Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and Laurie Marketing in that trade, sending out another first round pick as well that they did in that. And at the time, people looked at it as a lopsided trade. I don't I don't see why people are surprised by this. And so seeing as many Bulls fans as what we've seen get in like just and like I said, and content creators just arguing on Twitter, on social media, on, on in comment section about Jimmy Butler and if he wanted to be a bull or not. It's like just get over it, right? And and that's not to say that the woulda, coulda, shoulda plays a part, right? Especially when this team is struggling, right? And the the team has underperformed this season and naturally, you know, leaves people to think, well, you know, Jimmy wouldn't have us like this, Jimmy this, Jimmy that, Jimmy. And I'm not saying that I disagree with that, right? I do look at the fact that, you know, if if the Bulls had held on to Jimmy, how much longer would guard packs have been, you know, running this team? Um, I do think and, and look at it and say and saying that, you know, it took really uh, uh, John Paxson to go to ownership and basically say, hey, I don't know how to do this anymore. I do not know how to build a team in the modern NBA for the Reinsdorf to finally come up off of that and really go in a different direction. I believe uh, Paxson even is one that kind of, you know, suggested Acme to them. And, you know, ownership still did ownership type things trying to convince Acme to hold on to, to, uh, to Jim Boylan at that time as head coach, which they decided not to do. They bring in Billy Donovan. But this is even before then, right? We are talking about five, six plus more, more years removed from Jimmy Butler being a Chicago Bull. And the thing is, is that, yeah, when you see Jimmy have a big night like he had, when you see him lead his team to being 3-1 and one over what a team that many people had as, as their finals favorite, at least favorite to come out the Eastern Conference, and a former uh, 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 NBA championship team as well, it, it it does bring about, you know, that, that hey, where could we have been at if we held on to Jimmy? And so, you guys know, I, I really don't play the that, that game too often. I kind of, at some point, I just, I remove myself from it, meaning that it just is what it is. What happened, happened. There's nothing that we can do to, uh, to undo it, um, unfortunately. And, you know, Jimmy was one of my favorite Bulls. Jimmy Butler was somebody who, to see him come in and then not get minutes initially, for people not even really to know what he, uh, what his, what who he was, and for him to turn into the best player on the team, especially when Derrick Rose was hurt, and the fact that Derrick really never really got back to the player that he was for us, 
And then, you, you know, just to see that rise of Jimmy Butler, to see, you know, how he went from being a player that, you know, was fighting for minutes off the bench to then becoming a player that we trusted in crunch time and to be one of the better two-way players in the league and to have a front office at that time that did not know how to build around him, it sucks, right? It sucks, and it's always going to play in the back of our minds. And But this Bulls franchise, for, for Bulls fans that have been in this, you know, in this fandom for long enough, we, this it's filled with so many woulda, coulda, shoulda, so many of that that we have, both positively and negatively, and it's just like, I just choose not to stay in that place, right? And between Jimmy Butler, his big night, Larry Marketing winning Most Improved Player of the Year, Wendell Carter, you know, looking better. I, I still have, like to me, Wendell Carter's just getting more opportunities. He doesn't look like much better of a player, but that, you know, that's my thing, especially with the Vooch trade and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, Bobby Portis and the fact that the Bulls did offer him a contract extension, he didn't accept it, so they traded him. Uh, Daniel Gafford of it all, who even, he's kind of fallen out of favor a little bit there in the Washington Wizards for a little while. And, and he was never going to get that sizable contract here. But at the end of the day, like all the woulda, you could send yourself down a tailspin of woulda, coulda, shouldas. And the fact that this one, more recent one, stirred up because of Jimmy Butler is, it's crazy. I mean, it is what it is. Like, and I can't take away from that. I'm not saying that you guys shouldn't have feelings or no one shouldn't be, you know, upset of looking back like, damn, this is really what that front office, keep in mind, it's not the same front office that we have now, but what that front office at that time did, they just could not build around a player like Jimmy and then we now have a team that we just can't we don't have a player of Jimmy's caliber like Zach is a great offensive player and I do think that if Zach makes that continues to develop defensively as he took a leap this season he, he could be solid he's never going to be a two-way player at the magnitude that Jimmy Butler is uh and then you know Patrick Williams we still like we haven't seen that development in Patrick Williams we still have so many question marks on this team and we and in, in the time since Jimmy Butler do not have that player that puts the team on their back and we know is going to fight and get those big victories, get those playoff victories. We just, we haven't had that yet. DeMar, king of the fourth last season. But again, you know, when you look at going 8-33 and 33 over the last half of that season and then, you know, even this season and the inability to get over the hump and play in tournaments, stuff like that, like we don't have that player like Jimmy Butler here. And so it's natural to always kind of look back and think, well, what if we would have held on to him? And I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I, I started to put this episode together and say, hey, this is how we would have looked had we held on to Jimmy Butler. But listen, it is what it is there, man. But let me know what you guys think down below. Are you guys kind of like me? Are you that you kind of just remove it from a while? Like it kind of just becomes what it becomes? Or you do you kind of stay in that area and always think like, hey, what would it have been if we kept Jimmy? Let me know what you guys think on that down below. Now, we've been talking about the Bulls offseason and plans and things like that. And there's a couple of different, right now the Bulls have no draft picks, right? They are not projected to have a draft pick unless their pick falls in the top four. We've, pretty, we've talked about that pretty heavily, so I'm not going to go into that too much. Like, we know the Bulls have a 1.8% chance at the number one overall pick. They have a 8.5% chance to keep their pick, and it falls in the top four. And if the Bulls do get lucky enough to where that pick falls in the top four for them, listen, that, that would be the type of luck that we need after the season that we've had, for sure, right? When you look at the, the possibility of getting one of the, the players, like you look at, of course, Victor Wimbiana at number one, Scoot Henderson if we can get number two, Brandon Miller, who is a 6'9", modern-day small forward, can probably play some four if he, if he adds to that frame, but he can score, he can defend, he's going to be a really good player at the next level. Then you look at the Thompson brothers as well. Those are kind of the top five in this draft. You can kind of talk yourself into Anthony Black as well, but again, that if the Bulls fall in the top four, I'm not considering Anthony goddamn Black. But, you know, so those are the players that you would consider in that top four area if, if the Bulls do fall there. And considering the influx in talent that we could need, 
um, that would be huge for the Bulls. But again, it's probably not likely. But we do have other scenarios in which the Bulls can get into the draft, specifically the situation with Portland, right? The protections that we that we have on that Portland pick, the fact that the next time they uh, they don't make the playoffs, they make the playoffs, we get that pick. But because it's so it goes out so long that it, it's limited their ability to trade. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to twenty five thousand dollars, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props. And odds boost. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Their own first round pick. So there's been some conversation this offseason. Could they remove the protections and give the Bulls their pick this year? Keep in mind, Dame Lillard had just said and had an interview in which he said he didn't want any more 19-year-olds, right? He doesn't want to be part of another rebuild. So, is is could could they go that route, right? Could the Portland Trailblazers remove the protection of their own pick this year or next year? I'll tell you what, if they remove their own pick this year, considering that pick is probably gonna be a top five pick, I don't see them doing the Bulls any huge favors like that. If they I think if anything, they're they'll trade that pick this year at, during the draft, because they can trade it at the draft if they do look to move uh to get another superstar in. That's their best bet to do it. But then they have this New York Knicks pick as well that is slated to be the 23rd overall pick. Now, I know it's not a huge pick, but when you keep in mind that the protection on the Portland pick is the next time they don't make the play, I'm sorry, the next time they make the playoffs, we get the pick, there's a high probability it's going to fall around that around that 18 to, to 2025 area anyway, right? So if they do decide to just give the Bulls the, the New York Knicks pick outright, that, that's another way that the Bulls can get in this draft. And I think when you look at the way that the Bulls, how tight and close they are to that luxury decks how how they need to add talent to this team a a draft pick this year will be hugely important for the bulls because you can then add a player if you get a guy that you think can contribute right now you then get a player that that is going to be on a really reasonable deal and when you look at kind of that bottom end of the draft there's some power forwards in there you look at gg jackson as well uh he's one that you can look at again he's he's six nine which is probably a center for Billy Donovan. But again, uh, Derek Lively as well is another one who could fall in that area, depending on how some things move. And Chris Murray, I think he's a little bit above that area. Again, we'll, we'll start some of the draft conversation here shortly. But there are players that the Bulls could try to go out and get to add young talent that's going to be on a reasonable contract. Now, you could say we already have that. Justin Lewis, which some of you guys have asked about. Again, I don't necessarily see Justin Lewis playing a meaningful role on the Bulls next season, considering he's coming back from injury, considering he's only on a two-way deal. Um, but where do things have happened? You still got Marco Simonovic. What are you doing with Marco? Marco cannot spend a third year in the G League if you see anything in him. If you're going to have Marco on this roster next season in an actual contract spot, now it is partially guaranteed so they can get out of it if they if they need to open up that roster spot. But in Marco Simonovic, like, do you finally give him a shot? Yes, we know his limitations defensively. But what he brings offensively and rebounding could be needed for this team that needs both those things. So, you know, it, it's it's a lot of questions around there. But, you know, the Bulls do have a chance to get in the draft. And over on Locked on Bulls, I said to that, I give it a 20, 20% chance 
that they land in the draft either via their own pick or via something with Portland. It, it It's coming. Or they could have two first-round picks next year. We own our own first-round pick outright. Maybe Portland removes the protections on next year's pick, and then we end up getting that. We have two firsts next year at a time where we're going to have. That's our next next offseason. The 2024 offseason is the next time the Bulls are projected to have significant cap space. So there's something to be said with that as well. But, you know, that's kind of the thing that I wanted to talk about. Just what the chances of the Bulls getting in that draft this season. We'll see what, what can happen with that. Now, let's go ahead and continue our player evaluations. Today, we're going to do Andre Drummond in his 2022-23 season. And Drummond averaged a career low in minutes, 12.7 minutes per game, a career low in points, six points per game, a career low in rebounds, 6.6 rebounds a game, which the fact that he got 6.6 rebounds in 12 minutes lets you know right there. He was leading the league in rebounds per minute this season. He had 0.5 assists, 0.7 steals. He had a true shooting percentage of 60.6, a PER of 20.9, and a defensive rating of 103, which is excellent. The fact of the matter is, is that Drummond, while he did have his issues, while Drum did do some, some, some weird things sometimes, some frustrating things with the Euro step behind the back dribbles, sometimes that he tried to do when he tried to do a little bit too much, Drum, for, for the role that he played, excelled in that role, right? When you look at a player that came, that's coming in, playing the least amount of minutes that they have played, that's proven that if you can give him 16 to 18 minutes, he can get you a double-double. Billy Donovan did not play Andre Drummond, and that factors into my grade for Drummond as well because, to me, Drum, we there were games where we absolutely needed Drummond, and he was playing well, and head coach Billy Donovan didn't go to him. Much like my critique in Alice Caruso, which shout-out to you guys, a lot of you guys pointed out the fact that maybe I was judging him a little bit too harshly based off the coaching, and that's fair, right? And maybe I was about to do the same thing with Andre Drummond. Yes, Drum did some things that were bad. I don't want to make it seem like it was all sunshine and rainbows and it was just Billy Donovan that hurt Drum, because it wasn't. It was some of Drum as well. But when you look at a player that didn't get much opportunity, first of all, he only got to play 12.7 points per, I mean, minutes per game. He only averaged... Uh, one personal foul per game so it's not like he was con he did have games where he was in foul trouble but it's not like he consistently averaged getting a lot of fouls last season for Brooklyn he had three fouls per game he didn't get anywhere close to that for us right so I don't want to hurt the player because of the decision making by the coach and in looking at drum and what he did you have to be able to to uh, evaluate and say listen yeah I, I I mean it's hard for me to give him more than a B um, so I'll give him a C plus in this just because to stay fair with how I've graded other players. But like I said before, that C plus is great is is on a curve because of head coach Billy Donovan, because of the, the leader, the coach, the teacher in this case. Right. And I, I look at Drummond and say, like, what could a more competent head coach? What could a coach that knows how to utilize size better, that knows how to utilize rotations better, that knows how to scheme consistently better? What would they have gotten out of Andre Drummond as a bench player? Right. Andre Drummond has the potential to be a high-level bench player in this league, and some people who think he could still start, he still thinks he could be a starter for some teams, even though I don't think that opportunity is going to present itself for him. But ju judging Drum's season is difficult because it's really the lack of opportunity that has hurt him the most. When you look at the raw stats, everything else around him, the measurables, the advanced analytics, everything, they all point to a player that played pretty damn good. But when you, but the eye test and actually watching the games, you realize, hey, he was hurt by a coach that either did not trust him or just had his own rotations that he wanted to use that Drummond wasn't a part of. When you look at everything as far as the advanced analytics, he is in the 90, 90th percentile in true shooting percentage, which we don't, we know we don't need him for scoring. Let's go to the, the defense. He's in the 92nd percentile in deflection. 
the 82nd percentile in defensive rebounds, the, the 64th percentile in, in rim defense, right? He has an 86th percentile in block percentage as far as when he's on there. Listen, the advanced analytics love Andre Drummond. Now, advanced analytics aren't everything. But for that, like, it's, it's just wild that we didn't utilize him a little bit more. It's wild that we didn't utilize him more. And so, I, again, a lot of this is on the coach. And, I, and, you know, it's surprising to hear that Drum is thinking about accepting that option. Maybe just that he's worried that he's going to get that money out in the open market. But I tell you what, hopefully next season, Coach Billy Donovan uses Andre Drummond better because I think we can have a heck of a rotation player and a bench player there that should be playing more minutes, in my personal opinion. But let me know what you guys think on all that down below. That's it for today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. You can follow the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and or voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.